All right. So we, this is the last um, uh, session or part of the series of our eight-week series. And we are on Edge of Flourish, Holy Spirit's guidance. Holy Spirit's in our lives and His guidance. And um, so we've been looking through... Okay, we've been looking through these faith, love, overcome, having an overcome spirit. It's important for us to flourish. In order to flourish in God, we need to have faith in Christ. Amen. You know, it is good to dwell in the house of the Lord as, as a tree planted by the riverside. You know, your leaf shall not wither. Whatever you do prosper. It's important to not just have the knowledge, but have the faith and have love. And operate in love, but have an overcoming spirit. Amen. We need to have an overcoming spirit because every step you take, the devil will attack us. The devil is after us. He doesn't want us to progress. But God, the Bible says 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen. Then we talked about understanding his grace. And Pastor Bruce spoke on that and he did a fabulous, fabulous teaching on that. Amen. Good. Thank you for those three people you heard that, yeah, yeah. He's here. So he's listening to you. Yeah. Uh, and then we talked about relationship with the word. And it's so important. A lot of us read the word of God like it's a chore. It's a duty. It, oh, I'm a good Christian. I need to read the word. But what happens is we forget that love, we, we all love God, but somehow we don't delight in Him. And that's what Dan spoke on. He said, you love God, but do you delight in Him? Amen. Do you remember that? That was not that long ago. You know, you, do you delight? And that's a challenge. Do we delight in our relationship with Jesus Christ? And it, so to, in order to flourish, we are to delight in the Word of God. We are to delight in Christ Jesus. Amen. And then the more you delight in Him, in order to flourish, we go into a place of intimacy with Christ. We develop that relationship where you know that He is with you. That you know that He is leading you and guiding you. And Pastor Don preached on that. Then we talked about sing for joy. We are to sing to God. Amen. We are to sing to Him. Not many sing nowadays because they think singing is not my thing. It's not about your thing. It's a biblical thing. It doesn't matter how, what key you sing. Make sure you sing. You sing to God, not when in your good times, but also in your bad times. You sing to God. Doesn't matter what the circumstances are, but let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I just read um, last night in Estonia, they overcame, I didn't read the whole story, but they sort of uh, somehow wanted to have that whole nation to themselves. But the way they fought, fought that was they were singing. You can Google it and find out. They overcame through singing. And they got their own little nation, a 1.5 million nation. It's interesting, powerful. Singing is powerful. We don't just sing during good times, we sing during bad times. David talks a lot of psalms are about during his bad time. And Pastor Don preached from Psalm 63, and David talks about, May your praise be on my lips. He didn't write that when he was having a good time, he wrote that in wilderness. It's just a reminder what comes out of our mouth when we are in wilderness experience. 
And today we want to talk about Holy Spirit's, Holy Spirit's guidance. It is so important to have the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us. And but for me as a church, I want us to know how to be led by the Spirit of God. Because it's so important for us to partner and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So I want to do a bit of teaching and then dwell in a story for a little bit to bring four points this morning. But the Holy Spirit was sent to help us. The Holy Spirit was sent to help you and I. Isn't that wonderful? That the Spirit of God is there to help you in time of need. The Spirit of God is there to help you in time of your confusion. The Spirit of God is there to help you in time of despair. John 16, 7 says, But I tell you the truth. I'm reading this from the Amplified Version. He says, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby. I love this. It's like introducing a boxer before he comes into the ring. You know, you got all these little titles. Oh, and then Manny Pacquiao. All the Filipinos said, yeah, he is. He's a great boxer. So the one and only, it's like that. So Amplify Bible is amplifying the scripture. Holy Spirit, he's a comforter. He's an advocate. Amen. He's our intercessor. He's your counselor, strengthener, and standby. Will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you to be in close fellowship with you. See, Jesus was a man, and when he moved as a man, he could only be in one place. So, Holy Spirit is not replacing Jesus because Holy Spirit is somehow stronger than Jesus. No. But the, Jesus had to go in order for the Holy Spirit to come because He's omnipresent. That means He's present everywhere at the same time. So we got to understand the Holy Spirit. So Jesus had to go in order to send His Holy Spirit. Why? To guide you and I and help you and I in our journey with Him. Alright? So I like this. He guides, He's an advantage for us. Can I say, he, he's, he, the, it, I tell you the truth, it is for your advantage. God's Spirit is available for you for your advantage. His desire is that you are blessed. His desire is that you prosper. His desire is that you walk as a blessed man and woman. Amen. Let's go to the next slide, please. Holy Spirit convicts of sin righteousness and judgment. I like that the Holy Spirit convicts. The Holy Spirit never condemns us. He never condemns you and I. It doesn't matter what grave sin you have committed even 15 minutes ago. He never condemns you. He only convicts you. Romans 8.1 says, For therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's the devil that will always tell you, remember what you did, Nathan? What are you on about? You, you're not that good enough. Remember, you, you know what you are. That's what the devil does. But the Holy Spirit convicts us. 
He of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Let's look at verse 8, please. And, and he, when he comes, will convict the world about the guilt of sin and the need for a savior and about righteousness and about judgment. A need for a savior. When he convicts, he convicts us for a need for a savior. You might think I have the savior already in my heart. No, 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 no. You and I need the savior every day of our life. Every day. Doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, you and I need God every day of our life. Chris Tarenberg said to me after Pastor Don's message, we were talking in the cafe and he said, intimacy, we all need to be reminded of that, especially those that have been Christians for a long time. Because we somehow lose that focus of intimacy with Christ. So, We need a savior. Let's move to the next one, please. Verse 9. And about sin and the nature of it, he convicts us because they do not believe in me and my message. You know, it is a sin not to believe in God. It is a sin not to believe in his word. Hello? If you're in a place where you say, oh, I heard that being there, done that, be very careful because what he's saying, it is a sin Because they do not believe in me or my message. And in verse 10 it says about righteousness. What does that mean? Personal integrity and godly character. And I love what Jesus said. Because I'm going to my father and you no longer see me. You know one of our roles, it's it's, it's important for us to understand that yes we, we live like God is not watching us. I do that when I'm driving, and especially my driving skills is not that good. And I drive, drive, and I look for a colored car. It's usually got white, yellow, and blue on it. And as soon as I see, repentance starts. I don't know why. Because I know there is a colored car. Soon he might flash his lights at me. And and so I tend to behave. And that's not good. I know some of you do that too. Come on. But, you know, so it's when God is not watching, how is our lifestyle? Because we're thinking God's not watching, but the Holy Spirit is watching you. He's looking at you. He's looking at your heart. He knows your thoughts. Even before you say it. A lot of us think, don't say it, don't say it. But I'm saying, don't think it, don't think it. Because forget your saying, if you think it, you're committed sin. That's what the Bible says. So don't think it. So righteousness, it's our godly character. And then about judgment, the certainty of it. Because the ruler of this world, who is Satan, he has been judged and condemned. And so this is what the Holy Spirit's role is. His role is to convict us of sin, convict us of righteousness, and convict us of judgment to show us. Have you ever felt that you're like, oh, I shouldn't do that. And and this part of you said, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Don't say that. And you still do it anyway. And you regret doing that. You know, one of the things for us as Christians, I'm so glad we don't have to convict people. 
We don't have to convince people. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict people. Our role is to love them, to teach them the truth, to show them the way, because the Holy Spirit guides, but we are not to convict, because the moment we want to convict, people feel condemned. So, I mean, I can say a lot of things. In my house, we, we've been married for 15 plus years, and um, I grew up in a house where the toothpaste, if you know where we're going with this story, the toothpaste has to be pressed from the bottom up. Squeeze it from the bottom up. I get married, and the next morning, there's a dent in the middle. That's a big deal for me. There shouldn't be a dent in the middle. So I politely, as a good godly husband, try to convict my wife and tell her you're not to do that. The next morning, hoping as a good Christian wife, she will obey. There's a dent again in the middle. I try to convict her again. And after 15 plus years, there is still a dent in the middle. Not only is that right, but not only that, my three children do that too. And I kid you not, maybe this is an OCD or whatever. Every morning, there are two toothpaste, one for the adults, one for the little fella. I have to squeeze from the bottom to set it all up. Literally the next day, it's all gone. Conviction is not our role. It's the Holy Spirit who has to do it. Lord, I pray, convict my wife. Okay. The Holy Spirit reveals truth. He reveals the truth. I want to tell you. Can we go to the slide, please? Thank you. But John, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will what? He will guide you. The Spirit of truth is not going to force you. He's not going to force you like this. Yeah? But He's going to guide you. He's going to guide you. Thanks, James. Thank you. He's going to guide you into what? All truth. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. Not part truth. Not the truth that I like. But truth in its fullness. Complete truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative. But he will speak whatever he hears from the Father. The message regarding the Son. And he will disclose to you what is to come in the future. See, the Holy Spirit will guide you and He will only reveal what God wants to tell you and I. There are a lot of cuckoo Christians out there and I don't want us to become a cuckoo church. Definitely not. So I want to teach us how do we actually help have the Holy Spirit guide us. I remember when I was a Bible college student, we had a guy from England and uh, we were writing an exam and we thought, the lecturer said, where is he? I won't mention his name. Today he's a pastor of a church. Uh, 
And the, the lecturer said, where is he? And we were all looking for him. Where did he go? And he went somewhere. And one of the students found him and said, what are you doing? You're supposed to write your exam. He said, the Holy Spirit asked me to pray. I can tell stories. I mean, there are times where I had one of my fellow students at Bible College came. Cara and I were sitting down in a uh, in the dining room at the college, and he comes along and he says he starts prophesying on us. All the crazy Christians go to Bible College, like me. No, but he started prophesying and he said that Cara is not the right one for me. That a marriage won't last for more than one year. And, uh, well, that in itself is a false. You know, we've been married for more than 15 years. But you see, there are people who make up their own little weird ideas and think the Holy Spirit said it. See, that's not the Holy Spirit. That is some other spirit mixed with Daniel's spirit. Jack Daniel. Anyway, yeah. (laughs) So I don't know what spirit that person is drinking, but you've got to be careful what spirit you're listening to. Because the best way for a spirit to guide us, if the spirit leads us, we are to submit before that person. Not force that person, not condemn that person, but we have to submit before that person and say, this is what the Lord is saying to me, but I pray that you receive it. If you don't, it's up to you. But there are so many dangers. I've heard people say, God told me to marry you. If God tells me to marry you, why wouldn't God tell that person to marry you? Hello? Do you have this fiber optic connection with God that I'm on dial up? But you see, we got, the, oh man, I can tell you, when I had my own sickness, there's so many crazy people that you know, they don't know what you're going through, but they tell, oh, God told me, God told me. Can I encourage you? Don't say God told me because you're opening yourself to a place of judgment. If God tells you, you got to go tell, talk to that person, take someone else with you and share it in, an, in the right manner. Okay, he guides us. Next slide, please. Holy Spirit reveals truth. That we've done that. The Holy Spirit reveals truth. So we've... Next slide, please. Thank you. Verse 14. Have you done verse 14? Sorry. So, yep. He will glorify and honor me because the Holy Spirit will take from what is mine and will disclose to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Because of this... I said that the, that he, the spirit, will take from what is mine and will reveal it to you. The Holy Spirit always reveals what the Father wants. He will only complement the truth. The Holy Spirit only complements the truth. And you know, we think the Holy, Holy Spirit is for us. Yes, he is. But can I say he is not in sin with us? He can't partake in sin with us. He can't partake in our anxiety. We're talking, no, I'm not talking about sin as a stealing and all that. I'm talking sin in doubting the word of God. Sin in gossiping. Sin in, uh, 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 you know, putting God's power down. Because God can't partake in that. He always wants us to come and join him where he's at. And then he will lead us and guide us into all truth. Okay? 
Now I want to tell you a story how this looks like. Okay, this is a story about a woman by the well. Samaritan woman. And we see her story in John chapter 4. Now Samaritans didn't talk to the Jewish people or the Jewish people never talked to the Samaritans because they didn't get along because of historical events. So Jesus is on a journey and uh, in those days... To get to Judea, I think, they have, they, instead of going straight to passing Samaria, they chose to go the longer route because they didn't want to pass, uh, the Samaria. This is the Jews. But Jesus purposely chose to go through Samaria to talk to this lady. And, uh, of course, most of you know this story. He talks to her at the well. He asks for water. And then he teaches us about the living water she will never quench. And then, of course, as the story progressed, he starts talking to her about her life. So we're going to pick up from here. See, the Holy Spirit, number one thing he does is he always identifies. He reveals to us our sin. Holy Spirit reveals to us of our sin. So I'm going to take this story and jump from this story uh, uh, so you can follow what the sequence here. Let's go to the chapter 4 and verse 16. John chapter 4. And so here he is and he's identifying the sin. And he said, go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you are right. You don't have a husband. For you have had five husbands. I mean, the woman, probably most women said, one husband is enough. How did she have? She must have superpowers to have five husbands. And you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth, she said to him. See, the Holy Spirit reveals sin. He, identif- he always identifies where we are wrong. Now, this is a time where we either, she could, I mean, look at it, he's doing it in public setting. And this is out in the marketplace, somewhere he's, she's drawing water. And imagine if God comes or somewhere and he says, Hey, Shohan, I saw you doing this at that well. And you said, excuse me, get away from me. How dare you speak to me that way? You abused me. You did this. How, who are you? And then you want to call the police on him. But the Holy Spirit, when he was identifying, she didn't run away from him. Something drew her to him. When the Holy Spirit, see, this is the difference. When the Holy Spirit is identifying, he's revealing something. Let's not run away from God, but let's run to God. Because God doesn't condemn, but he convicts us. It's the goodness of the Lord, the Bible says, leads us to repentance. I remember the day when I gave my heart to the Lord. I knew God. I knew the story. I knew the verse. I knew the Bible. I can quote scriptures like that. That's what they made me do it. Recite the scriptures at home. I could do, I was a very good Christian. Come from a middle class family. Very good Christian. But I did a lot of things that I did were not right. But I remember the day when the Holy Spirit, see, I didn't find him. Because he's never lost. 
He found me. He knew where I was. He always knows where we are, what we're doing. But in the deepest of my despair, brokenness, the Holy Spirit begins to speak his love to me. And when he started ministering to me, instead of running away, I was sobbing of all the wrong things that I did. I was crying. Why? Because he, the more he revealed it, the more I was, there was a cry of repentance within me. You remember the story in Second Samuel uh, chapter 12 and verse 13, when um, Nathan goes and tells David, David, you've committed a sin. David was a king. Nathan was what? A prophet. Nathan, David could have ordered Nathan to be killed. We all know now that David committed adultery. Not only that, he murdered her husband because he fancied her. So Nathan turns up. Hey, guess what? I got an email from God. And he says, um, David, you've committed adultery. Instead of reacting, David responds. He didn't fight, nor justify, nor prove his point. He went on his knees and he said, Lord, I have sinned against you. There is so much freedom. That's what the Bible says. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is so much freedom when we admit our sin. Amen. Let's not fight it. When he shows it, this lady didn't fight it. She agreed. She admitted her sin. And then next I is initiate. Initiate. I love this word, initiate. Initiate is put it into practice. You know, or um, you're starting some, sorry, you're starting something. Initiate means you're starting something. You're starting off a process. And here God is trying to start a process with her, this lady. In John chapter 4 and verse 10, let's look at that. Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift of God has, gift God has for you, and who are you speaking to? You would ask me and I would give you living water. So what he's doing is he's initiating. He's, he is, um, starting a process with her. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give, because in verse 13, he's talking about the natural water. In verse 14, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And But those who drink the water I give will never thirsty be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. I want to say this. If you are on this journey and your Holy Spirit is speaking to you, then you will become fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. You will be fresh, you will be full of life, you'll be full of joy, you will be full of hope. The minute you become sour, or you lose, or you forget to delight in God, and you lose your intimacy with God, that means there's been a blockage in your flow with the Spirit. Lot of people, when they, when the Holy Spirit identifies and they start off, they initiate, but that's where they stop. 
Because initiate, we initiate, we start, oh, I want to learn this. We read the Bible so much. We go to every prayer meeting, everything. What we need is consistency. What we need is consistency. That's why a lot of people who give their heart to God, they are on fire for one month, two months, three months. But the important thing is we are to be on fire for the rest of our life. That means we need to start the process I love it when I found out that, yep, God convicted my sin. I had to go to church. And I went to church. I've got to say, I went to church. And there were all these happy, chappy people. I went from an Anglican background. I walked into a Pentecostal church. And they're jumping up and down. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. I've never seen this. And I walked into church, filthy man, filthy mouth, filthy mind, filthy heart. But I knew this guy who was, happened to be my brother's friend. And I said to him, I said, look, would you journey with me? I don't know what to do. But I'll, I'll give you permission to teach me the word of God. I'll give you permission to speak into my life. Start a journey where, today, a lot of us do journey on us by ourselves, but God wants us to journey together. God wants us to journey together. Amen. Hello. A lot of us think, I know him. I know Peter. He's a good guy. I never saw this coming. But if you pray for one another, if you look out for one another, you will see it coming. And I thank God for this man who spoke into my life as a new Christian. I had no idea, but I had to sit down with him. This is a biblical thing. This is not for What did Saul do? On the road to Damascus, he had an encounter with God. He lost his sight for three days and then he had his sight back. But what did he do? Of course, Ananias went and laid hands on him. But Barnabas took Paul under his care. Paul is a hero of faith. We all agree to that. But even a hero of faith needed someone to speak into his life. Are you letting someone speak into your life? It's pin drop silence. Are you letting someone speak into your life? Not the whole world, but someone that you trust that who will not dilute the truth of the word of God. Are you letting that person to speak into your life, minister to you? And number three is implement. You know, it's great to identify it. You know, we all identify. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Why am I? We identify a problem. We want, we put a structure to it, but then we need to implement it. Because if you don't implement it, if you're not consistent at it, you can't move forward. You can't have progress. Thank you. Hello. Put it into practice. Okay, implementing is putting it into practice. It is so important for us to put it in practice. There are so many people who know the word. So many people who know the word. But the Bible teaches us to put it in practice. Don't be, James 1, 22 to 23 says, don't just be the hearer of the word, but please make sure that you be the doer of the word. Hello. There's so many of us know the word of God. See, the Holy Spirit is teaching us to identify, 
from identify to uh, to initiate to start a journey but not just start and leave it because guess what i started gym last year for one month <laughs> you know uh, it was a good one month <laughs> but but you see we a lot of us do that right we we start something we identify so something wrong i need to take control of this we start it and then we and then as we do it for 3 months we lose our energy we lose the drive but then we need to implement put it into practice don't just be the hero of the word so let's look at some scriptures here john so look at the, the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone i love that she put it in practice and now she wants to go tell other people come and see a man who told me everything i ever did could he possibly be the messiah so the people came streaming from the village to see him isn't that good that, that she went out to speak let's go to the next scripture please i, sh- I brought some scriptures here first timothy 4:7 says do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and all wife's tales please mature christians don't argue over things that don't matter instead what train yourself to be colossian sorry second corinthians 7:1 says because we have these promises dear friends let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit and let us work towards complete holiness because what we fear god do you fear god if you fear god then let us work towards holiness and not defile our body and spirit you know we talk to young people a lot about this don't go sleeping around with other people you're not only defiling your body you're defiling your spirit you create a emotional connection that don't defile your body the minute you do it you defile your spirit the minute you enter into a gossip session you're not only defiling your mind you're defiling your spirit and the minute you start grudging over your wife or your husband you're defiling your body and your spirit just i stopped stop talking to car about the toothpaste now i intercede <laughs> because the more i complain don't we we are people like that we think the more we complain things will change things won't change when we complain thank you may she's preaching it this morning it gets worse don't complain pray speak the truth because the more i'm complaining i'm defiling me not you the more i talk about nelonika i'm not defiling her spirit her body i'm defiling myself so implement practice it please next verse thank you first peter 2:16 for we are what say that loud please we are free you are free yet you are god's slave So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. 
Don't go, oh, the Holy Spirit told me, so I'm your prophet. I'm going to come and tell you what you should do. You should bake me a nice chocolate mousse cake on Friday because that's my birthday. The Holy Spirit told me. Now there you go, that's just a little, no. I didn't plan that. But, but you see, so don't, don't go and, don't use your freedom to abuse it. Amen. Don't use your freedom to abuse. What does it say? You are still God's slave. You're God's slave. You have no right over your own life. Can I say that nicely? You have no right over your own life. It's God's life. It's His because you dedicated it to Him. So can I also ask you, don't run around like a headless chicken saying the Holy Spirit wants me to do this. Holy Spirit wants me to do this. No, 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 no. Make sure that you know how to work under a structure. God's put that there. You look at Paul. John 14, 26 says, but the helper, comforter, and I'll move there, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And he will help you remember everything that I have told you. Holy Spirit will remind you, friends. The Holy Spirit will remind you. He'll say, Raywan, I picked on him enough. Raywan, you are better than your son-in-law. You know, don't stoop down to that level. You know, he, yes, he needs God. We know that. But you are better than that. You are my child. He is too, but he's still growing, Raywan. But you don't have to treat him that way. Be kind to him. Yes, you can sneeze on his food, but be kind to him. You know, do, but see, the Holy Spirit will remind us who we are in Christ Jesus. Just because someone's throwing dirt on you doesn't mean you pick it up and you massage it all over yourself. True? When someone throws dirt on you, what do you do? Common sense says go wash it, wash it off. But for some reason, we feel like we need to prove yourself right. And I'll give you scriptures, Deuteronomy, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Nehemiah, Peter, Iah, you know. Third Peter chapter 1 verse 2. We can create scriptures. But I want to encourage you. He will remind you of who you are. And because of who I am, I don't want to stoop down to that level. Because of who I am, I know who I am. I am a child of God. I am never going to touch alcohol ever again. Because of who I am and who he made me, I'm not going to look at my computer and look at things I'm not supposed to see. Because of who I am in Christ Jesus, I am not to speak the way as the world speaks. The Holy Spirit's leading is very important. And the last point is impact. I love this part. Look at this. He met a lady at a well who never even knew Jesus. But now in verse 39, many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, He told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to say, to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. That's the story. 
God identifies, he implements, uh, he initiates and then implements for impact. He wants to see your life being fruitful. He wants to see your life being fruitful, that it brings glory to his name. It's not about us coming to church, finding our seat, us trying to create our own cliques. It's not about how much we know about the word that we debate all day long. It's not about that there's a world outside that's dying. How often do we pray for people that are lost? We celebrate Christmas. I don't really care about Christmas. It's Easter that's most significant for you and I. Easter, why? Because Jesus rose back to life. So if we come, as we approach Easter, can I encourage you? You and I are alive to impact, to make a difference. To make a difference. We are called to make a difference. How often do you pray for the lost? How often do you run back into your village, into your workplace, into your sports club, and go, guess what God's doing in my life? How often do you talk with your colleagues over lunch to say, what did you do? You know, God's been good to me. He gave me a job. God's been good to me. He healed me. God is good to me because he is blessing me. When we live out for him, our impact, there's salvation. Can I get the worship team, please? Look, God wants us to have an impact in this world. I want to ask you a question. Do you and I really think, I want you to think about it. Are we making an impact? Our flourishing is not so that we have, we are born again, we have the knowledge of Christ, we attend a kind of group, we go to church, we have good Christian friends, we are happy now. For us, flourishing is bearing fruit. Flourishing means you multiply. Flourishing means that you are there impacting I think so often we are so concerned about our day to day life we forget the big picture we forget why we exist but the Holy Spirit's desire you look at every scripture every story you look at Stephen being dead there was an outcome because it ministered to Saul Paul You look at this lady. She went out into town and told about Jesus Christ. When the disciples had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, they walked out of the room. Same cowards who denied Christ. They had boldness and they proclaimed the goodness of Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you today. God called us to flourish. And for us to flourish, in order to flourish, we are to do the will of God. We are to share the gospel. I think we stop at that initiating part. But God, I want to encourage you. God wants us to share this good news. What God is doing out in the world that is looking for truth. So can we stand to our feet? As we look through all this flourishing, we're finishing this series. Now we know what the Holy Spirit does. He only complements what the word of God says.
we know that he identifies we know that he initiates we know that he implements for an impact we can sing that song you're the king of my heart i love that chorus that says you will never let me down as we sing that allow the holy spirit to speak to you this morning